Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org. It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. In Book Club, we are going over our, uh, our it's my little uh, Boston accent showing there. We're going over the book clubs that we have been so blessed to offer throughout the last few years and we've been blessed to have the authors of those books join us to discuss and tonight we have michelle fenley and eventually we'll have emily geminette michelle thanks for coming to hang out with us tonight hey thanks for having me on late night for me really in my jammies now (laughs) well i won't keep you up late and I'm sorry about the wait, everybody. I changed my my Facebook password and didn't realize that it affected, you know, technology making our life easier. But at least I figured it out um, before it was midnight. <laughs> yes. 13 minutes isn't bad. No, it's way longer than it should have been. But I'm like, so live and learn. Next time I'll know ahead of time. So, Michelle, thank you again for joining us. And um, I know it's probably been a few years since you've thought about the Friendship Project. When did you and Emily put this book out? Uh, This one came out at the end of 2017. So just two years ago, um, my 40th birthday, actually, in September. So, um this was really a, a treat to write, a really special gift because Emily and I had started with our first book, Divine Mercy for Moms, and people were really, um, had a lot of questions about our friendship and kind of really didn't believe mm-hmm. that we were really friends, you really do this kind of stuff together, and you know, this isn't, you know, a show, just get around, go around speaking and just doing it, we've really been friends for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and realized that so many women um, had put friendship on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with once they finish college, between careers and life and just busyness, um, there's not a lot of time for friendship. And we realized how important friendship was in our faith life and continuing to grow and having those strong faith-filled friendships and what to look for in a, a good friend. And so this is really um, a fantastic project. Because I know we reconnected with a lot of our friends through it, and we made a lot of new saint friends. So that was another really fun part is finding saints who are friends here on earth when they lived here on earth. And they had these wonderful friendships that really helped them grow into the saints they are today, the great saints, because they had that influence uh, on each other. That was such a clever idea. So if anyone hasn't yet read the book, what Michelle's talking about is that in each chapter, they highlighted real life friends who are also saints, or at least one of the pair became a saint. How did you come up with that idea? That was so, was so clever. Um, we, we'd had in, you know, in our initial meeting from um, with our publisher, with Ave Press, we were kind of hashing ideas, and we really liked the idea of the virtues being bone of the book. So each chapter is on one virtue, starting with faith, hope, love. And then um, we kind of told a story of a 
friend who was really inspired us and taught us that virtue. And then um, we wanted to do these friends that were saints. And we knew some of them. And we knew, we knew the popular ones, Francis and Claire and Benedict and Scholastica. But we um, really wanted to have two women friends because, right, sometimes women mm. help with female friendships. So uh, we want to exemplify that women can be really great friends with each other and can really uh, be there for each other. Their example, some of them were older, women were older than the other women, and it became more like mentors' friendships. Some of them were close to the same age. But those, having those types of women in your life who will really help you grow in your faith is just so important to have them be able to walk side by side with you in your journey. And we took it one step further. So when we did the friendship journal, uh, friendship project journal, which we uh, do with all of our wine book clubs, and this one came with gorgeous coloring pages, we asked our wine friends to reflect on each chapter and we had them do it as friends. So that was really fun to kind of really delve even deeper into how women are friends, how they support each other and how we can live the virtues with each other. Uh, and, you know, it was just so many different lessons that kind of jumped out as we were, we were going along. Oh, before I do that though, how did you and Emily become friends? Um, Emily will be eventually here and I was going to wait to ask her, but it seemed like this is the time. <laughs> Yes. So Emily and I actually went to college together at Franciscan University back in the late 90s. So we, we are friends. We were uh, sisters. So uh, Franciscan University, um, they do have a sort of a Greek system. They have what's called households. So they're basically like Christian or Catholic sororities. So hmm. a, a household called Mother of Love, named after, you know, our Blessed Mother. And um, we would pray together. We eat meals together together we'd hang out on the weekends together and we all became very sisters in this that's nice and that was really a powerful um example to us of having those those friendships especially when we were going through um really a deepening conversion all of us were really finding our faith for ourselves back in those days mm -hmm. and friendships have continued into here we are 20 where we just celebrated actually our 20-year reunion from college a couple of weekends ago. We all met back at Franciscan University and all of our wonderful houses gathered together to together and enjoy each other's company and rekindle those friendships. So Emily and I um, met back then and we both um, live in Columbus, Ohio. So we were able to continue that close friendship while we live in town together and get to work on all great projects together now. So, and, so that's my next question. How did you decide? No, I, I write, and I know that it's a, it's an arduous process, and it's hard enough by yourself. So that must be, uh, how did you decide? I guess it would be a bit better question. How did you decide that to do that together? It was kind of funny because initially I was um, approached by Ave Maria Press to write a Divine Mercy for Moms as a solo project. And at the time I was pregnant with my... Um, daughter my um my fourth and I was like there I, I'm gonna have a new baby I I cannot even be able to take a shower how am I gonna write a book and uh so we I had actually tried to I introduced Emily to the editor thinking maybe she would take the project I think it's only in her car and um after reading Emily's writing um the editor said you know what I think you should write this together 
And that was really a fantastic thing because we were both at a stage in our um, lives with our young children. And, you know, have, so we always said one would be pushing the stroller and the other one would be taking notes. <laughs> so we really piggyback off each other's um, strengths. And, you know, to write a short book and only write half a book, the first, you know, that was it worked out really great for us, actually. Welcome, Emily. We were just speaking about how you became friends and how you ended up writing the French, all your, all your books together, the Divine Mercy for Moms and then the Friendship Project. Can you, can you hear us? I don't know that she's here. Can you hear us? Now I can. I can hear you now. Okay, good. So we're just saying we were talking about how you became friends and uh, how you ended up writing your book together. Let me, get this, let me get this word out of the way so we can see your face. There we go. I try one thing. Are you ladies talking? Oh, we were just waiting for you. We were just okay. waiting for you. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. I'm, I'm sorry for being delinquently late. <laughs> I've had a well, little, some little technical issues, but I'm so loving this topic. And I heard you just summarizing our ministry life as one pushing the stroller and the other writing the notes. So um, I think that this project is a great example of just many people coming together and, and sharing those gifts and helping hold each other up. So I appreciate it tonight. <laughs> well, you weren't that late because we, uh, we had technical difficulties on our own. So we just started a few minutes ago. <laughs> this has been crazy. So we're going over tonight, uh, the friendship project. One of the, hello, there we go. Shoot. Vanna White. I hear Allison. You can't hear me, huh? My husband says you're lucky. <laughs> I can. Okay. Let me see. Um, let me put you. Let me put you back. Can you hear me when you're out of the room? No. I can hear you. Can you hear her, Michelle? I can't hear Emily now. All right, I'll put her back in the room. Let's see if this works. It's a good thing right, we're just- there we go. Let's give this last try. All right, can you hear me now? Are you lucky because you can't hear me? All right, if you two are having a good connection, I will pop off. Okay. We'll grab her another time. Unfortunately, that's this happens sometimes. The technology. technology making our life easier. Yeah. Um, good night. My husband's going to bed, so he's a deacon, so he gives me a blessing before he goes to bed. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I'm so spoiled. <laughs> oh, he was always, but I was out of the house before he became ordained, so only when I go home to. I get the deacon blessing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you, I mean, it's just, it's just the craziest thing. Does your mother like talk about how awesome it is like to have 
a deacon in the house, holy water at demand. Yeah. So, you know, the deacon wife job, though, she's like the sacristan and always at church. Like, they live at church. So they're happy. They're <laughs> and now they live at church. So life is great for them. Oh, my gosh. That's great. fantastic. Right? They can finally pray in silence. <laughs> How many children are you, your family? How many do they have? I'm the oldest of eight. Wow. So there were wow. seven girls and one boy. And my brother is um, studying to be a TOR. He's a bro- he's brother Joseph now in the TOR. So hopefully we'll be ordained in about a year and a half. Oh, that's so cool. That is very cool. That's even cooler than having a deacon in the house is yeah. to have a priest in the family. Family. We're working on it. That is fantastic. Wow. What a cool, what a cool family you have. Very unique. Yeah. Most people do not have a, a deacon and a priest in a family. No. On this day and age. No, I would love to have a priest, but they don't seem to be interested in that. They did when they were little, like, I don't know something about little Catholic boys. They always think they're going to, at least one of them always goes through a little phase where they have the, they get your hopes up. <laughs> And then dash them. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the book. Um, so it's the virtues. We just said that. So um, faith, hope, love, charity, well, charity, um, prudence, gratitude, loyalty, generosity. And I loved this one. Pondering prayerfulness. That was really neat. So did you have a favorite chapter? Did you have a favorite um, topic or a thing that you liked writing about? Well, of course, I love Emily's friend Hope with our um, household sister Stacy, who was healed from brain cancer. So that's always a great, um, really, really favorite story to tell and to share and just to, to think about. Because really, you know, 10 years ago, um, when we got the news that she had stage three brain cancer and they'd given her 18 months to live, like it was so shocking and mm. Such, you know, and, and that time, you know, when you're young, there's a lot of things you don't know how to react in a friendship and what to do, especially living out of town. And, and really that, that friend of hope and that friend of hope, um, how that was so important to this continued friendship. And we all were so lucky to, um, when the Friendship Project came out, Emily and I went down to Atlanta, Georgia, where Stacey is living and celebrate her 40th birthday and then we spoke at a we did a great advent by candlelight and shared our story of the friendship project down there with all her friends down in atlanta and it was so powerful to see that you know that thread of friendship weaving back through into our lives today even and how beautiful that that really that beautiful gift of hope in friendship is and that she was healed miraculously healed from brain cancer and so was she at your 20th, was she able to make it? Yep, just, I just saw her two weeks ago at our 20th reunion. She flew up to Steubenville. So she's doing fantastic officially in, you know, full remission. So really. An That's remarkable. We're lucky we have you no know, two of two friends that have had been miraculously healed from cancer. Our other friend, Angel, we share her story in our book coming out in February on, um, Pray fully, simple steps to becoming aware. So that's a new, um, another amazing, miraculous cancer healing. 
So did, um, just because I'm nosy, did they pray to a certain saint or? You know, for um, Stacy, there wasn't a particular saint. We all had, um, I think we share a little bit in the story of rosary bracelets. Uh, one of our mm-hmm. friends um, makes some jewelry. So she made everybody in our household a rosary bracelet. And she said, I'll make it for you if you promise to pray the rosary for Stacy every day. And it wasn't only just, you know, even that prayer bracelet, but that reminder on your wrist. And you saw that rosary bracelet or you brushed it against the kitchen counter, you snagged it on your steering wheel or your sweater, was a reminder to pray for her. And that was a neat, um, a really special thing for that she knew we all had those. And I actually saw, I had never seen Stacy's bracelet until we wrote the Friendship Project. And all of ours had a nice crucifix and a, a St. Benedict medal. But Stacy's had a very large crucifix because she was carrying the actual cross. Wow. We, we still to this day keep our special bracelets. And um, it's a really powerful testament to, to really praying for your friends and the power of prayer. It really is. I, I, I don't think that we really appreciate the power of prayer and um believe in miracles anymore. I don't think people believe in miracles anymore. Uh, we just, our daughter has scoliosis and her curvature was pretty significant when they discovered it. It went from like zero to almost 50. And at 50, you have to have surgery in the matter of months. Like it went from undetectable at school to, you know, you were talking surgery with this, you know, they wanted to do surgery this summer. And my husband's like, there has to be a saint for this. So he did some, some research and he found St. Gemma Galgani. St. Gemma was an orphan, like my daughter. I mean, she, she had parents who died early, but she was orphaned. Uh, she had spinal meningitis where my daughter is um, obviously everything, her and just genetic, but she ended up curving the spine and wearing a brace like my daughter did. But she also, the meningitis made her go deaf like my daughter. She's like, there, there can't be a better saint to turn to. And so him and I just started a novena to her. And from that time into the doctor where they said, prepare for surgery, this brace will hold her curve, but it won't correct it. It was not meant to correct it. And we went back two months later after praying the novena, but also continuing our prayers to St. Gemma. And it had gone from 50 to 28. And the doctor was astounded. He wouldn't use the word miracle. But he went from being the most sour pussy doctor, like he'd always come in and he's gruff, you know, gruff and he came in smiling. I'm like, oh, he doesn't normally smile. This is a good sign. And he was just amazed um, that the brace had done its job. And I said, well, the brace did do its job. And she's very good about wearing it 18 to 20 hours a day. I don't know many kids who would have that gumption, Um, but it also... She also, um, we also, we told the doctor, we also prayed, Emily's back. Let's try again. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to get it. I'm so glad you tried again. I keep trying girls. Just keep trying in life. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for forgiving me, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm late. Well, always better late than ever. We were, we were sharing miracle stories. She was telling us about Stacy and her rosary, you, all you, you know, the, the sisters all praying for her um, recovery. But then I also was asking about, um, I don't know if you can give away the story because it's going to be in your book, but your new friend, I mean, your friend um, who was just cured, does she pray to a certain saint or can you tell us? Is that- Blessed John Henry Newman. And believe it or not, 
I cannot believe you said you're talking about St. Gemma because in our new book, we at the end of each chapter, we um, used a saint as an example of really um, that story. So Steve, that in the new book, it was Angel's story and her healing from cancer. And we told a modern day saint story and we used St. Gemma of Galgani. No way! Of her, she was healed by her prayers to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Whose feast day is today. Yeah. And so we shared the story of St. Gemma and then we also included tips from the saints on prayer. So, you know, St. Gemma has some beautiful writings. And so we included um, five or six from in each chapter, five or six tips from each saint, uh, suggestions of your prayer life. So, so um, that's crazy. Must have gone to be mentioned tonight. It must have been. Yeah. Godcidence. I love, I love Godcidences. So um, before we move on, though, today is um, Ma- Margaret Mary Malakot, who is the Sacred Heart. And, and Emily, I just want you to just talk real quick, because this is such a special um, and dear uh, consecration to your um, to the Sacred Heart. It's so dear to you. Can you just tell a little bit about it and where we can find more information? Sure. Um, I've been working on a little side project during the day as Michelle's at school taking care of the children um promoting the sacred heart of jesus and uh so my new website is welcomehisheart.com and um it's not my particular site it's actually a not-for-profit that promotes the sacred heart enthronement in the the home and we just released a brand new self-enthronement guide kit so you don't need to have a priest you have a priest or deacon bless the images but they don't need to be present um for the actual ceremony. And there's also some great videos that will be on slow release there that are free. We have two up right now, but from a priest that Michelle and I both really enjoy, Father Stosh Daly, who's our spiritual director. So these are about two or three minutes long, just the explanation going deeper. And um, St. Margaret Mary is just a special saint to me because um, she really taught us that, reminds us that Jesus loves us so much Mm -hmm. and that we're called to bring that love into our heart and to spread that to other people. And we can even impact the culture through acts of reparation. So that's one of the things she's most known for is really in the 1600s, you know, empowering even the lady to do prayerful acts of reparation. So maybe offer up that drive-through coffee for the sake of someone else's soul, you know, Um, pray an extra rosary, do little deeds throughout your day to show Jesus that you love them. And that you um, you want to make up for those people that really don't know what we know. Oh, I love that. She's so special. And I'm so glad that we got to talk today because I was thinking today when I noticed what um, what date it was. I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I ask Emily to talk about that. So oh, I'm glad you came back. You. So we, could, we could share that special. And I'm glad I'm hanging out with any other friends. It's just you girls <laughs> and all our listeners. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you. We really are. And so we're just going on at the um, about just going through the book. And I asked Michelle what her favorite chapter was. So maybe you could share what your favorite chapter was. You know, I, that was um, a question someone asked us the other day. And I think it's so interesting because each and I think Michelle probably has already said that touched us in a different way. Each is really an example that I, re- you know, I remember shedding tears and, and laughter. It seemed like in every chapter there was something, some type of response that 
was really touching. Um, you know, I, I loved Daria Little. So, you know, I talked the other night about um, Lori, our, our friend, our musician down in Florida, and, you know, some of the trials and tribulations. But, you know, um, when Daria wrote, you know, Sin is Poison, that's her opening line, that, that just hit my very core. And I think one of the things I've appreciated about her writing and going deeper into the novena that we're invited to pray um, every single day, like the Marian fathers do, they choose a different day. Or for most of us, it revolves the novena takes place, um, you know, leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday. But I think about all the people in my life that I love so much, right? We want to bring all of our friends to Christ. If they're mm. away from the church, if they're in the church, if they're, you know, atheists, if they're priests, if they're religious. And I think it really um, hit at that core of the importance of praying for other people. So she did this nice little reflection. And and lastly, you know, knowing her, it, like I, whenever I talk to Daria, she inspires me because mm. she reminds me that our God is a loving God. So on this feast day about the sacred heart and this conversation, this podcast, this book, it's all about falling more in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, she can really talk about being raised in a Islamic home that, you know, their love, is, their God is not a loving God. And that is my biggest takeaway with um, knowing her and then tying it into the chapter. And Emily's talking about this book, our friend Faustina. We were still talking about the Friendship Project, but I did, oh, I did say I was oh. going to talk about this book too. Well, we, <laughs> that's what, uh, you guys, that's what we were so much talk charity about. in this, so much charity in this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> so our friend Faustina, Life Lessons in Divine Mercy. I did say we were going to talk about this. Is the project with Emily and Michelle that I was incredibly blessed to be a part of my chapters in here too. So of course I was going to talk about it and it's um, available for pre-order should be out by hopefully at the end of the, the week. I, I did was blessed to get 50 copies of it for the, my, for the conference I was just at and it sold like hotcakes. Um, I'm hold, this is, this is my copy. I'm holding on to it for dear life. I'm like, you can't have my copy. But the, um, the contributors that you guys brought together for our friend Faustina, truly, uh, it was it's such a work of the Holy Spirit, I think. Um, it was amazing. So it was um, Emily, M Michelle, and myself, and then Elizabeth. How do you say her last name? Piccatelli. I wasn't even close. I wouldn't even try. <laughs> who I love. Caitlin Mason, Laura Lubowski, Chiara fin Finaldi, Finaldi, who is in... England, which is so cool. And she was just at the um, canonization of um, St. John Henry Newman. I think that's she really where she go? was. Yeah. And then she was with, um, she's fun to follow on, on social media. Our friend across the pond that um, Michelle introduced me to. Yeah, she's amazing. I really love her to pieces. And um, now how do you say Liz? It's not Liz, it's Liz. Liz, Luca. And then Daria Little that you were just talking about. And then I love this woman, Sister Faustina Maria Pia, whose name really is Faustina. <laughs> you know, like when they join an order, usually their name has changed, but her parents had named her Faustina. I love that. Very good stuff. So Michelle, so you, so Emily told us her favorite chapter in our friend Faustina before going back to the Friendship Project. What was yours? Sister Faustina, definitely. I, I asked her to participate because I knew about the litany of trust that she had mm. written. 
name was Sister Faustina, but I didn't know that her real name was Faustina. I didn't know her whole vocation story. And when I got that back, it was just unbelievable. I, I couldn't even believe it. It's so such a powerful story of getting to know, I love it, getting to know the real Faustina and how she really um, didn't know her namesake and realizing what a real person she was, a mm. real person. You know, St. Faustina was known as lawyer because she would talk so passionately with her hands and people didn't want to hire her for her nannying jobs because she dressed so fashionably. So I think we so many times these saints in such a one-dimensional way and we see them on the holy cards and they look so stoic and so prayerful and we think we can't relate to them and I can't feel mm-hmm. But she was a real person. Faustina was a real person who lived, you know, her name was, real name was Helen and lived in Poland just a hundred, a little over a hundred years ago. Her life was different than ours. She, we can relate in so many ways to her life. You see so many similarities to modern day, you know, modern day women. So mm-hmm and be friends with these great women. They really want to inspire us to love Jesus like they did. And I think, you know, we're talking about the friendship project. And I think, you know, to have a friend for, for me, Faustina is my friend. Like she truly is. Like I even have on my little shelf, like she sits right over my shelter. And when I wrote that chapter, I mean, we've had her, her and I have had some crazy like encounters with each other. You know, I, I tell the story in the book of how I got tangled in with her. My, my, my necklace got tangled onto her um, relic and I was stuck and it was Lucy and Ethel moment. And then researching for the book, I found in a biography about her that her neighbor called her a comedian. Like that's so fu- like she said, the, the quote was she could have been a comedian if she hadn't entered the, the order. Now we don't think about, saints especially one as intense as faustina can be as being funny as being like looking for the humor and things so the fact that i got tangled up i don't doubt for one second that was her just getting my attention like hey girlfriend look how close we are (laughs) i'm gonna play with you it's just wonderful and i think you know our own friendship sometimes we forget to be playful we forget to be prayerful um, you know, most of my friendships before finding Christ were really just times to get together to vent and to gossip, to complain. Um, I didn't use my friendships to grow my faith at all. Um, and I think that's one of the things I loved about the fact that you, you in, in the friendship project, you show us these saintly friends who really helped each other grow in holiness, to grow in sanctity and to truly become saints. And do you, do you do you find that your own friendships, either with each other, and know you have other friends besides each other, that you, as you mature and get to know Christ better, and then you know after writing such a book like this, do you find that you're using your friendships now to grow in holiness more than just you know place to let go about the the husband and the kids? Well, I think it's fun for Michelle and I because our friendship goes back so far, you know, with having these memories in college, and we talk about that and you know, and then transitioning through these different stages. And I think that once you encounter spiritual friendship, you're overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. gratitude. Like I have people that I can turn to. I like to, you know, these are my like awesome friends slash advisors, counselors, you know, we do talk about, you know, making, you know, prudence a part of your life. So I can say Michelle has definitely made me a better person. And, you know, the way that she practices 
charity, even with me being late tonight. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've grown up through this writing process. And I remember there was a point where we realized like, wow, our conversations are so much more Christ-centered. They're so much more fruitful. We're inspiring mm. each other, telling each other these stories about what we learned when you're in the researching stage of a project. So, mm. I mean, I'm definitely um, eternally grateful for this spiritual friendship with Michelle and, and then opening my eyes to other people that are, you know, um, in my life or in my children's life and helping to come and culture continue to cultivate um, those friendships too. And I think that's one of the reasons Emily and I wrote these, all our books as group studies, because when we need to get out of the house, it's, you have to, I feel like I have to have a really good reason. So if I'm yeah. going to meet my thing, my Bible study girls, like that is a great reason to make that date on your calendar. And it's going to be a fruitful night. You know, you're going to come back rejuvenated and refreshed back to your family, back to your home, back to your career, that you've had this time and you spent it talking about God and seeing God in your daily life. And I think these um, moments we were able to, you know, with all of our books, we piloted it with women here in Columbus. So with the Venture Project, before it was released, we had 30 women and we met every week and went through the chapter and we got to read our own book and go through the study questions with these women. And they were, each time we do it, we invite in that maybe I know or maybe Emily knows, but nobody knows each other. So it's really neat to see all these amazing, friendships blossom out of these study groups of amazing women that we know that I know would love each other, right? Because they're all seeking the truth and seeking a deeper relationship with Christ. And there's that automatic connection. So that's really great thing about wine is these, you know, you have your little wine groups and you can get together in your homes and get together at your parishes and deepen and build friendships that are going to be eternal, right? Because the whole point of Friendship is helping each other get to heaven so that you can enjoy, you know, as Padre Pio said, let us be friends here on earth that we can community together. Oh, I love that quote. I've never heard that from him. He's one of my favorites, St. Posse. Uh, and I, the wine groups are um, such an amazing gift to give yourself to find time to be together. And I think the friendship project, especially for a brand new group makes so much sense because it really helps bond people. And you, you ask great questions that help um, people kind of journey together and kind of get to know each other and kind of open up. Cause it can be tough to join a new group. It can be. And I love that with every, I have a wine group, we call it wicked awesome wine. And every time we get together, you know, I, we have this opportunity to get to know each other. Every new book, there seems like new people come in and, um, you know, we're doing creative to relate right now and we're going to do catechism of hockey, but I fully plan for the summer to do the friendship project because I really think that the more people get to know each other and come together, the, the deeper their friendships are, the, the deeper we can grow together towards Christ. So um, well, I think too, Allison, real quick, that when Michelle and I were grouping, especially early in our marriage, there were a lot of times that I didn't do the reading. And there was that moment where I was like, oh, I don't think I can go tonight. I, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't fill out the questions. And if it wasn't because they were my friends, like I, I was always the slacker, but I feel like I now carry a new weight because that's a reason not to leave your house and go make friends 
and pray yeah. and study the scripture. You know, so I think with any of these studies, like wherever you are, if you're, you know, if your daytime is so full and you can just show up, show up. And so totally. the Friendship Project was was thinking about not just growing in your relationships, what we feed you, where you grow in your understanding of the saints, you grow in scripture, you grow in virtue. But if you have had one of those days, you watch the video and you can contribute to the conversation and, and grow um, closer to Christ. So wherever you are in that stage of life, know that there's a place for you in this study. I think that is such a great point. I tell women that all the time. If you stay, if you don't read and you don't come, then you've given Jesus no time, no opportunity to touch your heart. But these questions are written such that if you didn't read a single word, you are still going to be able to participate in the conversation. And I think the mark of a really good book is the conversation that it creates. And I know that my group did the Friendship Project, and we did the Friendship Project online in our virtual vineyard. And the conversations were deep and rich and beautiful, and people who weren't reading were able to follow along. And then were inspired to be like, well, now I want to read this book. Well, we also, I, I actually just text the prayer of um, healing friendships to a friend today because part of this is that it gives you the freedom to move on from maybe some mm. of the hurts that you had in the past. So, you know, giving friendship another another turnaround. And one of the things Michelle and I learned um, was that a lot of people were held back by hurtful friendships from the past. So that's mm. really the gift, you know, we want to be a part of um, offering women I love that. Do so you have any um, any thoughts, Michelle, before we we wrap up tonight about what we were just? Yeah, when we talked about too, we made we did videos, so you, we wanted to meet some friends that we shared about in this in the story, so you can meet Stacy. Story. Um, we did all the videos because we knew women never spend money on themselves. So when mm. you buy the book, you guide right. And then if you want the additional wine journal, it's just a very low cost. And then the videos are free. So you can stream them. So you get, you get to meet all of the amazing women that taught us these virtues. You meet our friend Maria and her story and, and Charity and our friend Brenda and her son's healing from leukemia. And so all these fantastic women who are really great friends of ours in real life. And I tell them, we have to put them in the video because I want people to believe this is real. We don't make this stuff up. These are real people with real stories, living out real lives, just like you and me. I think that is amazing because we really do have to see that this is attainable, that we are called to holiness and it's not an impossible task. God would never ask the impossible. And I just want to once again mention the journal because this was one of uh, each journal is different. And this was one of my favorites because not only does it have Adelaide's beautiful artwork, which is, you know, another wonderful thing. If you're nervous about sharing in a group, bring your coloring pencils, bring your journal, and you can, it, it's just something about this artistic motion of, of coloring that it kind of just I've seen so many women open up because they're like, okay, I'm relaxed. I'm coloring. I'm good. Um, Plus we also, as I said earlier, we brought together friends, wine friends of our own to reflect on each chapter. So it was like this third level of friendships uh, being shared. And these were really beautiful reflections. I loved each one of them. And it was amazing because Kelly just, 
basically said to me, okay, contact this person, this person, this person, this person. And we just randomly, quote unquote, randomly gave them the chapter and each chapter was perfect. Like you said earlier, Michelle, there was a one chapter where there's an older saint with the younger one or the, an older woman with a younger saint. And that ended up the, the group, the, the two that we gave that chapter to had the same relationship. We're like, that's so crazy. I love the Holy Spirit. It's just crazy. Well, you girls are very busy. I love all that you're up to. So you have Divine Mercy for Moms. You have the Friendship Project. You have my favorite project. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> then you have what's so you have another one coming out. When's that? Simple steps to becoming a woman of prayer. Love it. So we look forward to seeing that in February. Busy. Are you guys going to be? And we have the uh, Ohio Columbus um, Women's Conference. When is that? February 15th. So it's great. It's President's Day weekend. So if you live out of state, out of town, you can come in for a long weekend. Lots of great things to do in Columbus. Um, we have a fantastic Saturday filled with phenomenal speakers. Father Donald Calloway and I are going to be sharing our talk on prayer. Um, we also have Sarah Hart is going to be our musician, Father Ubal, who is a great wine. I know enthusiast is doing our healing holy hour. We have Saxton, also another wine woman. We'll be um, with Father Ubal and Sister uh, Miriam uh, James. So um, she's going to be rocking the house again. It is. I was blessed to be with you all last year, and I was just overwhelmed by how the, the energy, the amount of women that come. It is so well done, and such a beautiful, um, such it's just a beautiful day for women. And so, thank you for putting all. Your, I know how much energy the both of you put into that. So, thank you for the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference because it is a gift. It really is. And if you're not free to get to Ohio, you can come the next weekend. The tw- to Minnesota when we're in Minneapolis where we're having actually it's in Edina this year um, when we're having our wine conference so oh, the Lord is moving I don't know about you guys but I think the, the Lord is just moving women to evangelize and to share his love absolutely absolutely well ladies it was a blessing to have you Did either one of you feel called to end us in prayer tonight I love I end us in prayer because Michelle opened us tonight. <laughs> All right. Sounds um, good to me. Thank All you. Right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for overcoming the obstacles that sometimes um, keep us away from you and allowing us to spend time of growth. We ask for a special blessing on all the women that hear this podcast, watch this podcast, and may they be inspired to seek authentic friendship first with you, Jesus, and extend that friendship to their family and on to others. And we just pray um, for our loved ones that we carry in our hearts for all of those intentions. And we wrap them up into the mantle of the Blessed Mother and seek her counsel and her guidance through the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, ladies, so much. I really enjoyed seeing you as always. God bless you. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of my podcasts here at Breadbox Media. But today I'm speaking to you about a different opportunity. In September 2020, I'll be leading a fantastic pilgrimage cruise from Rome to the Holy Land, and then on the way back, stopping at the cities of St. Paul, Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and more. While we're at sea, I'll be lecturing on the Gospels, history, or mystery. When we're on land, I'll invite you to join me as we visit all of the holy sites, celebrating Mass, worshiping together, and having a wonderful time of fellowship. If you'd like to know more about this pilgrimage cruise, go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, go to the right sidebar, and you'll see a picture there which invites you to get more information. Go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, right sidebar, click on the picture of the cruise ship, and you'll get all the information you need. Alternatively, you can call the company that's organizing the tour at 800-247-0017. 800-247-0017. Ask for Farmer Longenecker's Cruise to the Holy Land. Thanks for listening. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.